Hello, welcome back to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. I am so grateful you have come back. My name is Jennifer Apple, she, her. And on this week's episode, we are delving into the full-on creation of what it means to make a short film with Diana gonzalez Moret and Akila A.K. Walker, two individuals who actually went to grad school with me and are awesome human beings with the most amount to share about this particular topic. From fiscal sponsorships to casting to permits to the writing and the creation and the composing and the post-production, anything that you ever wanted to know about creating a short film, it is jam-packed into this episode. I'm so excited that you are here. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to this episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. I am here with two of my favorite people who uh, went to grad school with me a year above me. Um... I'm going to just like say their first names, but I'm not going to introduce them actually as people because I hate doing that. Hello, Diana. Hello, Akila. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, thank you both so much for being here. Um, before we jump on into like why and what we're going to talk about, just like introduce who you are as a person. Uh, Diana, you can go first. Sure. Um, my name is Diana Gonzalez Moret. And as a person, that's like, that's a hard way to like, I enter. know, I just, I don't want to like throw you into a bit like, this is who you are. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's all good. I guess professionally right now, I'm a producer, co-founder with Akila Walker of Good Mother Films, um, actress, teaching artist, and a caregiver as well, full time for my mom and um, a sister, a daughter, a friend, <laughs> all the above. I love it. I love it. Hi, Akila. Hey, so I'm Akila, aka Walker. I'm a co-founder of Good Mother Films with my amazing producing partner. Um, I'm an actress, director, writer, Pilates teacher. Yes, I saw that. That's so exciting. Congratulations. So yeah, just the multi-hyphenate out here getting to it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have y'all on here because, and we can just dive right on in, y'all produced, wrote, directed, I mean, like every single title that you possibly can probably have within this film, an incredible short film that's like kind of like slaying the circuit right now. And I just want to like chat about that whole process and everything that's going on with that with you and just hear how it's been from inception to now. Um I don't know. I don't even know like where to begin with it. I guess Akila, I feel like I want to throw it to you probably because it's your baby, right? Yeah. I mean, go for it. I don't know. Tell tell the world what this is all about. So my directorial debut and our debut yes. project on Good Mother Films is Ivar Tunnel Shook Ones. It's a short film that I wrote. Um the idea came to me in 2017 when I moved to Hollywood. Um, I was living in this building. I was the only black woman living in the building. Kept having crazy run-ins with the neighbors where they would see me and like scream or question me about who I am, doing self-tapes, neighbors calling the police on me, thinking there was like some foul play going on in my oh, apartment. Wow. And simultaneously, this young white homeless woman had moved in, well, had moved onto the sidewalk under the bridge um, in the Ivar Tunnel. And there was just this very polarizing post on the Nextdoor app about her. 
that said, please be kind to the newly unhoused woman in Ivar Tunnel with dog. And like people on this thread were just like, I want to do this for her. I want to bring her dog this and she can come live in my garage. And we're just like rallying around this woman. And simultaneously, like I live in this neighborhood, I pay rent and people are treating me like a complete outsider. So it just, I don't know, it shook up something in me. One night I got tipsy. The truth. Tent and like tried to scare her away. But then I got scared and drove off. So I was like, okay, this is bringing up a lot of feelings for me. So I need to like do something with these feelings. So I, that started the process of me writing my film. And yeah. That's wow. Wait, when did you start writing it? What you, in 2017. When? So I like the first year I moved to LA. So this is fresh out of grad school when this experience happened to me. Yeah. And I actually didn't even finish it until I want to say 2019. Diana was there when I yeah. wrote the last line of the script. And we had already started our collaboration together. Like we had mm -hmm. already started writing a pilot together. Like we were on to, uh, to other things. But then I don't know what made us come back around to this particular project. Yeah. We picked it back up in 2019. Do you want to add? Yeah, no, I was going to say, like thinking back at that, like, um we we had you know our collaboration began we both ended up moving to LA right after graduate school and then Akila actually pitched an idea from like my own life experience to me and she was like we should start writing about it and so we did and then naturally because of our whole grad school experience we have a natural like rapport with one another mm -hmm. an understanding creative understanding like I feel like we both have an unspoken language that we just get things right away quickly without having to fully explain so a natural collaboration just happened. And I think the reason why we went back to ITSO was like, you know, it's such a daunting uh, world to be in to create your own work. And, you know, we're working with a pilot, working with this, there's so many other avenues to like, you can go in. And um, this, this film felt like the right place to begin. Like, and Akila is an amazing writer. So immediately I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is good. And um, she, she delightfully, and I felt so honored that she asked if I could produce, which is a huge uh, uh, like risk because I had never produced before. So I really thank her for, for seeing that in me and like wanting to, to give me that opportunity. And then I think we had no idea where to begin, right, Akila? <laughs> We're like, okay, now what do we do? <laughs> well, that is, I would love to hear then, because I mean, I sit here too, and I think back to like our grad school experience, and it's not like we had a class that was like, this is how you write, produce, direct your own short film, and like, here are all the skills and the tools and the people and things that you need to know about it explicitly. Like, we didn't have something like that, or at least I know my class didn't, <laughs> like, um, how did you begin that process once you had the writing done obviously i'd imagine you made edits and stuff but in terms of the actual beginning of the process of putting it all together of a team in terms of finding other collaborators and this and your locations and the fundraising I, obviously we can take it like step by step from all mm -hmm. of this but where did you even start so it 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 was a crazy journey but after we got the script written we we kind of focused on workshopping it a bit like we did several readings uh, we did one with first 15 and assembled a cast and then we did another private in-house reading just to get a feel for the project and to like really build morale around it 
And I think after we knew we had something after those two readings, I think that's when we started like trying to pull together the team. So we started reaching out to different people we knew. And I had worked with this really amazing producer, Leon Pierce Jr. on like two projects. And I really loved the way he worked in terms of his process. Um, like he was just churning things out in like such an amazing way and with really great quality. So I reached out to him, we sent him the script and he loved it and he was on board. But I feel like that kind of came later. Were there other yeah things that happened before that yeah i think well i think we we akila is amazing networker like mm -hmm. in that, and in a very like not like uh ski like skeevy way like yeah. but in like a natural like people to people meeting and like from like heart to heart kind of like a real place so i think we've met we met with a lot of different producers writers and just tried i think spent a lot of time before trying to understand how to start um i think we met with a couple of you know, TV writers and um, who gave it, who give feedback and advice, um, and then um, some producers. And actually, we met with one producer. I, I don't know if was, can we share this, Akila, about uh, like the age thing, like who kind oh, of yeah, that was yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I yeah. feel like that kicked up like that. That like anyway, you, uh, you should tell it. I feel so. <laughs> no. You should tell it. Okay, I'll tell it. I'll jump Bas in. Okay, okay. <laughs> Basically, like, we're like, we have this script, we have this thing, like, you know, uh, pitching it, like, kind of trying to, like, ask this producer, like, can you guide us a little bit? Because, you know, we're actors first, and, like, you mm -hmm. know, we don't, we don't have, we didn't go to film school, so we kind of want to know. And I think the first kind of judgment that came towards us was, like, how old are you all? Like, and you're doing this now? And we're like, right. Oh, as in, like, you were too old or too young? Exactly. We were too old. We were doing... too old. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, okay, you know what? <laughs> F him. And now yeah. he's, like, begging to see it. I'm like, it's streaming at this festival. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, exactly. what he did do, Fund. but what he did do was have us kind of think, forced us to think outside of the box because he was like, well, the, the, the name is Ivar Tunnel Shook Ones, like, you should get you know like mob deep involved which um and that would make it an interesting short film and then Akilah and I, I just I still remember being in the streets of like I think it was like Hollywood, Hollywood right and we're yeah. like okay we're gonna get it we're gonna you know and like one thing we tend to do is like we've tried to envision together like how we're gonna get it done and then so then um I actually at that point had moved to the east coast and we found out that Havoc was gonna be at Havoc as part of mob deep um was gonna be at a beat battle and so like Akila prepped me and she's like you gotta go you have to go to this <laughs> and like <laughs> I still remember the phone call like you got this I I ran to Staples and I made us like little business cards like oh. 20 minutes before like 20 minutes but like it takes me 20 minutes together so like an hour before like with good mother films with a fake logo and like um just to have something you know tangible to hand him in case he doesn't want to talk to me like and then I had a, I, the beat battle was over. I had a second to pitch in the idea. And like, I find that, you know, when you really believe in somebody artistically or, or you believe in someone else, for me, it's super easy to pitch rather than like for myself as an actor. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so it was really easy for me to pitch Akila as a director, as a directorial debut about the story. And I pitched to him. He's like, okay, let's have lunch. And like, 
And then um, oh uh, Akila and I had lunch with him. Well, Akila virtually, she came in on the on the laptop. <laughs> Wait, were you just like sitting there on the table in your laptop while the two of you were having soup or whatever? Like, <laughs> were you on the phone? I can't remember. Um, I can't remember either. But yeah, I was either on the phone or on video while you guys were having lunch. That's yeah. hilarious. You're just like eating your salad and Akilah's just like hoisted up on a, like yeah. a, a and wine we had, glass. And we had made a pitch deck. So we were like showing him the pitch deck at that point. And then he was so sweet and very like complimentary about everything and really loved the project. And then, you know, agreed to come on board and, and be a part of the journey. Um, yeah. And having his blessing was a huge motivator for us. So that mm-hmm. was one of those early like things that really pushed us forward, like the fact that he wanted to be involved and that he had believed in it. And I mean, it's just a testament to how scrappy and a great producer that Diana is. By I will say, but the, like the two of you, I feel like, I mean, Akila, you know, so many people in the best way you are like your network of people and supportive people is just overwhelming. Like, I feel like just as an observer of that, I've always been like, oh my God, Akila is so connected in the best way. And I feel like, between the two of you and Diana, you're just your heart and the way you approach things so delicately. I feel like it's just like the yeah. marriage of that makes so much sense to me because yeah. it feels like here's all the people and Diana's like, I'm going to do this in the most professional yet delicate, yes, yet kind way ever. And it's like, well, of course, of course, I would say yes to both of these people, <laughs> like not even a question. But it's also goes to show like just because this one person was like, y'all are too old. You're like, oh, interesting thought. That, that But just because I have wisdom now, actually, about the way in which I can do this. And that allows me to, like, go out and literally go to, like, <laughs> with my little business card for a one-minute pitch after, a, like, a, a battle. You know what I mean? Like, just wild. For me, that's a really invigorating way of recognizing, like, you just got to shoot your shot or, like, what's the worst that happens? He you says I'm too. too busy. Yeah. You know? And, like, had you not done that? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I mean, it just felt like such a necessary piece. But just because it was so inspired by the song, like just having him a part of it, you Mm -hmm. know, just kind of brought it all together for us. I love that. Mm -hmm. So after you had after you had him on board and then your producer friend on board. Well, that happened after I would say COVID hit. So So this was all happening pre right. This was happening pre COVID all of the like rallying this around yeah before okay. we met with leon so pre and then COVID happened so that really stopped us because i think we were on a roll and then boom. yeah and that's when yeah and then we started taking meetings like we took a bunch of meetings during COVID. like that's when we yeah i think we kept working on the script and um just kind of learning and gathering tools so we could really like be ready when the time was ready to just like strike and so when you mean ready? Do you mean like you had all of the people in mind that you and have already met all of the people that eventually that you were like, okay, the time is now. We've met you. You know us. Work with us. Or is it? Is at that time we we had our cinematographer, okay. and we were confident she was gonna bring on uh the camera crew mm-hmm. and everybody else. We were gonna kind of figure that out. Got it. At that point during COVID. Got yeah. it. And so then, when did you? I guess was, and this is me not knowing how any of this really works so deeply is like, do you begin fundraising at that point? Do you begin fundraising after you? So walk us through once you had the team in place and when things were quote unquote ready to be opened up, then what happens? 
So we applied for a fiscal sponsorship with Film Independent, mm-hmm. right? And we yeah. got, did we like, get that during COVID actually? I think we did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then COVID happened. They're like, and then we're like, oh, by the way, we haven't forgotten about you. And they're like, oh yeah, you're st- still good. I-, I guess the reason why we fell into Film Independent was like, we really, well, first of all, we wanted to work with them because it's like an amazing organization for yes, independent, so independent filmmakers and everything. And also we were trying to figure out how to do the fundraising without like the Kickstarter. Cause it's, we were like, uh, I, we both had an aversion to that. Yeah, I don't know why it just didn't feel like us. Mm-mm. Was it just researching places? Like, is it like, do you think it's more the act of, like the fact that it's just I don't mean it like mainstream as in so many people do Kickstarters and GoFundMes in that way. So it felt like it's just yet another one of those things. Or is it more the platform itself that you were like, this doesn't vibe with our energy? I think it was that, but it was mostly, I think it was a lot of extra work that we realized we don't have time for, like right. um, not even time for, but yeah, we just, we're like, why are we going to, you know, do all these extra gifts like ads or this or that, these other extra work when we could be focusing on the art making. Mm-hmm. And um, and film independent felt like the way we can do that, and it had a tax deduction was tax deductible. So it was like we thought, okay, we can also give back to the folks who are giving us in like a, any small way possible. So I think that's kind of how. How um, did you find them to begin with as an as a form for fiscal sponsorship? Well, we had up to that point we had applied for many of their programs, so we were really tapped into everything that they were doing, and they're kind of an organization that, yeah, we really covet, you know, the mm-hmm. the programs that they offer. So we were um, just tapped into the things that they offered. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And so once you set up that fiscal sponsorship through them and have that relationship set up, then where do you go from there? Well, we met with them. Um, and I think at that point we had a budget. We had a budget in mind and the budget was After quite- going through many line, well, not many, through a line producer who budgeted our film at how much, Diana? Oh, wow. Well, well I think that budget was really a lot. That was like almost like 45 or something. Oh, like wow. 45 or 50. And, um, you know, we're just like, what? <laughs> we can't. At that point, we didn't know that we actually probably could have made that much money. Yeah. So that really? At that time, no way. But mm-hmm. in hindsight, like, that's like nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out the secrets in a second. <laughs> we thought $10,000 was a lot of money. We're just like, that's going to be so much. We can make a yeah. film for 10 k Like, no worries. No, like- you can't even make a... you're like what like a two-minute promo like goodbye yeah yeah but Mm -hmm. when when we met with film independent that was kind of what changed us um really because you know they they offer that part of the fiscal sponsorship that you can like have coaching for your um, fundraising so we met with them and um they were like you know like you're worth it you're worth raising enough money i think both of us were just like okay like what (laughs) Yeah, we were so green at that point. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I'm so grateful you're having this conversation because I feel like so many of our listeners are, 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 and this is something that they want to be doing, right? So just even being as transparent as you are about this already is just such a gift. So thank you. Um, Okay. So you've met with them, you had some coaching and they were like, oh, cool. This 45 isn't actually what you need, or you can probably lower your budget to. Well, we came to them like, we want to do it for 15. And they were like, no, 25. Okay. And, and that we like, okay, let's do it for 20. 
And mm-hmm. so then that's when we decided that that would be our goal. And we literally, I think we planned, then we started planning how we were going to fundraise. And at first we weren't even going to go public with it. We were just going to reach out to all of our connections that we had made over COVID and throughout all of the years of our life. And then I think on a whim, we decided to go public with it. Is that what happened, Diana? Well, I think what happened was we met with a couple of people who um, who had successful um, fundraising events and they all said like, oh, you know, I have to go, you know, to share it. And like, if you, if um, uh, folks, when they see things three times that gets them to donate, like, so we had this kind of like, you know, that fundraising psychology that I think mm-hmm. also kind of inspired us to, to want to go public uh, about it. And that was scary. And we had set, we had met with a, another coach. Um, why am I forgetting her name? Uh, Kina Ferguson. Kia, Kina, who was awesome. Cause we had been at like a standstill when it's like, you know, it's like we weren't moving forward. It was kind of like, we didn't know where to begin. And mm-hmm. um, she really helped us like set a date and just be like, cause that was the scariest part. Like if we set a date, it's real. Like mm-hmm. we yeah. have to when it was time to fundraise, resistance kicked in so much. Mm-hmm. I think we were so scared and we just, we didn't believe yet. So mm. we were finding every excuse to kind of be like, we're standing, we're stuck, we're stuck. But her getting us to set those dates really pushed us forward. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine also there's something linked to um, just simply like the hype around it. If you do go public where the people in your circle who are maybe not the immediate circle, then all of a sudden know that you're up to something and then they do want to stay in touch about the ways in which they can support perhaps down the line with all of it and and allowing that the the excitement to build in a way that's even before it exists that I would imagine is like a beautiful silver lining of going public with it. Is that something that you experienced once you did do that? I, yeah, once we did it, it was such a rush and we were so glad we did it because mm-hmm. it all because then the money just came so fast, literally. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that's I remember talking to you Diana about this like I've never seen <laughs> I mean, granted I'm not tracking fundraising in my life, but like <laughs> I've never seen a fundraiser go so quickly ever. Yeah. Y'all I mean, 2 weeks max no I feel like you just like slayed right through the first couple of days I remember being like oh yeah I'm gonna donate to this and it was just like y'all already were like halfway through (laughs) it was like yeah it was kind of insane like I don't even know where that momentum came from but our community really showed up yeah Yeah. well that is what it came from it's it goes back to what I was saying earlier about between the two of you and just the way both of you show up with the work and show up with integrity is just people I feel like people people want to support that I know I do I know I did you know it's just like and even right now like having you and being being able to amplify this work is so important to me because it's good people I feel like that people can sniff that out really really far Mm -hmm. away and it's like there's a lot of work being done that arguably is really great work but if you look at the people doing it it's like eh, versus like I'd rather give to people who are like dope people doing dope work and then it gets to be like look mm-hmm. at these dope people doing the dope work and getting that out into the world you know yes. um, we appreciate so. you so much yo same here this is like this is a mutual situation um <laughs> can you talk a bit more and you don't have to because money's icky but I'm curious and I know Diana and I had talked about it a little bit yeah. but just a little bit more about the minutiae around the fundraising like the strategy behind what you all did to get to those two weeks mm-hmm. I would say like 
first of all, is I guess the minutia of it was we really trusted the process. Like we had to like, and not to say that there wasn't moments where like, is this going to work out? There's definitely moments of doubt, but we really leaned into like, we got to believe, we got to manage, like manifest this, we got to put it out there. But I think what we what we did was we like started small, like with our small knit family circles and then like built out into the more macro. Um, and I think we did that. And like what was seen on the like the Instagram or the like that end, like was um, pretty calculated, I guess. Like, you know, uh, we we wanted to make sure that that we weren't bombarding people with all of it, but we were being strategic with when so that we were also considering people's like feeds and like mm-hmm. an amount of time that we're contacting them. So I think we, we, we definitely had like a spreadsheet and like, you know, checked when we contacted somebody and go back to it. And like, you know, we, we both would, would go off our separate ways and contact everybody we knew and, um, and always just with like, you know, optimism and like lovingness like Mm -hmm. it's okay if you don't want to but like I don't know if we needed to do that but but um was this was this via text email phone calls all the above all of the yeah uh text message yeah all of the above and also like even like with industry folks that we met with through COVID like also telling them that we would eventually be raising money for this and they mm-hmm. would come back around and they supported and really like gave mm-hmm. a lot, like, yeah, which was super, super amazing. Oh, yeah. So cool. Planting the seeds ahead of yeah. time. So it yeah. wasn't, it was two weeks, but I think it was a lifetime of work really. Like, yeah. of Definitely. like, yeah, two years of work, <laughs> at least two years of work. And, um, yeah. And then, and then doing our making videos and like, you know, just trying to present ourselves as authentically us as possible, I think also does a great deal. Yeah. Okay, so you raised the money, you exceeded your expectations with all of that. Yes. And then how immediately afterwards did you go into production? Oh my God, it's like a month or two months? Like, yeah, like two months, because I think we had to push back. Because of COVID? Well, no, we, we needed more time in pre-produ- pre-production and we were going through issues with one of our producer. We had to, and we also had to, changed cinematographers at the last minute which was really devastating a cinematographer that we had from the jump like from the inception ended up not working out so there were just a lot of moving parts after we got that money like there were just a lot of moving parts and things started shifting and then you know getting locations but yeah I think it took us about we raised the money was it in April is it April? I can't even remember. Whoa. <laughs> I just know that we shot we shot in June. Yeah. Yeah. So actually we might have raised the money in March. Maybe we just held on to that money for like three months and then honestly though, like time is a blur. Who really knows? Especially in like COVID times. Like I just it's just like COVID fog brain. So yeah, you okay. There was like a spring moment. You got the money, you jumped into production at some point. How did you go about with your casting, your locations, and all of that? So for casting, um, we pretty much had the the key cast was the same because from the moment that I wrote this, I had an actress in mind, Sola Bamis, who I adore. Like she is just like my muse. Uh So I knew she was going to be a part of it. She was in the first reading. um, So she was down and she knew that the part was hers whenever it was going to get made. And then Chanel Azoro, ACT alum, currently on apple tv plus swagger um i also knew i wanted her to be in it i just think she's like one of the most hilarious actresses in the business so i just knew 
I needed her. And um, then everybody else, we actually auditioned, um, which was really fun and amazing. So we had Zoom auditions um, and I met with some people. And yeah, the cream rose to the top. Got some really mm. dope people. Madison Lanesy, who plays the unhoused woman, and Langdon Ferguson, who plays the white Russian woman, and Susan Angelo, who Diana introduced me to, um, who was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. And then I imagine you used the actual tunnel. We did. We that did. was a whole thing. Permits, yeah. permits, permits. Literally, yeah, that's permits what I mean. for the night. I think we got the permit for the tunnel literally the night before the shoot. It so we were going to steal the, the shots if it hadn't come through. Yeah, and we were going to, yeah. In the middle of Hollywood, next to the Hollywood Bowl. Meanwhile, a con- we found out a concert was going to be happening the same night we were shooting. Oh, my God. Heavy police. Yeah. Like, circling so we were like we're just gonna steal the shots if we get shut down we get shut down but we're yeah. Not, yeah. yeah i mean if it has to be that location because it's literally the name of it, like, yeah, it can you imagine you like did you're like okay i guess we'll go to arizona and shoot it in a town yeah. it's like you can't yeah and that's a testament to akila too because i i think there was definitely didn't pre-production would be like well we can fake it and like do it in a different tunnel that's like less and she's like no 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 and and i think st- standing to standing firm in that when it was yeah. so easy to like waver because all these people were like well well it's like really it's a testament to a really good director who is gonna understands the vision and is gonna yeah tunnel is a beast try lighting a like 20 foot tunnel <laughs> for an overnight short film shoot it was insane i would imagine sound is also a nightmare in a tunnel oh my god it was crazy so cavernous and echoey yeah. but it sounds great <laughs> it, it, does, it does sound great we had amazing like sound folks and like and and the another crazy part was like it was a working tunnel still since we didn't we didn't shoot down because you know, to get police to come and like shut down the t- space is incredibly expensive. So mm-hmm. we weren't going to do that, but um, but we we did our best to keep it like safe. We had our but... little cones. <laughs> we had cones. We were directing traffic. We were, directing. we're trying to shoot a movie, having to hold for. It's- oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah we're oh like, okay, hold on a second. We even had at one point just put a car like really quick. We're like, let's put a car in front for just so we can get this shot, and you know. Wow. Um, to have that be your first short in something so complicated, do you feel like you can do anything? <laughs> absolutely. It was it was so challenging. We were so ambitious. And actually, we didn't even make our day the first day mm-hmm. in the tunnel. Like, we were supposed to shoot everything that was supposed to happen in the tunnel on day one. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. And we were, this was a two-day shoot. So literally, after we finished our day two, we had to go back to the tunnel and it was such a mission and each day we were there to like seven in the morning wow and we wow. were literally running against light because it's like we had to stop filming when the light went like when the sunrise rose yeah, when yeah. the sun rose the lights come on in the or the lights go off in the tunnel so it's like you can't do anything in there once that's like a logistical minefield <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> and i guess leon really stepped up when we didn't make our day i feel like it was we were first of all it was an overnight shoot so we're exhausted you know like and plus we leading up to this we had been non-stop like mm-hmm. for i'd say like a good month before like so um it was hard to even know like how are we going to get these shots because they're necessary and you know leon really figured it out and like i think um 
really really helped make that happen which is great like you know yeah we got it we were i was so defeated after the first day i wanted to walk off set so many times because i knew we weren't going to make our day and when we did it i was just like we got what we got and he's like yeah we're going back to the tunnel tonight yes i was like how It just goes to show like getting good people, like having good people on your team who, who know when you need them to step in. Right. So it really is this balance of like, oh, you know what you know, and I know what I know, but also sometimes like, I don't know what I don't know. And you might know more and like, you can raise me up and vice versa in that. I think it's just a testament to I'm so grateful for Mm -hmm. Diana and Leon. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how, like I would have had a nervous breakdown at that literally it was so funny as i'm directing i was i I get so nervous well especially in the tunnel everything else was like a piece of cake but in the tunnel my anxiety was so high i was so nervous like i just wanted to have diana by my side but she's like i got 50 other things to do girl go for it (laughs) we had had a good cuddle session a couple times it was good it was nice but we also had like two or three PAs like just leave. So it was also like, a nightmare. not leave, like they got sick. <gasps> one one was literally vomiting. <laughs> it was like oh. a projectile vomiting everywhere. Um, this is the stuff nobody talks about too. Like, just like you think you see, you see the final product and you don't realize like all of the things that go into it, which is why this conversation is so important, I think. Cause it's like, yeah, you lose all your PAs. Yeah. Akila was wardrobe, every- like Akila was directing, but she was also wardrobe, like did like this costume designer. Cause right. we're like, we, you there know, we was a the- decision made in pre-production that we didn't need a costume designer. <laughs> and I was like, but it looks really good, Akila. You we should give it a number. We pulled some amazing looks from my friend, Quinasia Graham in Brooklyn, who has this amazing archive of like, vintage lingerie and gown pieces so we literally have dior dresses in the film like la perla like all of the things okay (laughs) again friends akila you know everyone I mean no you know a lot of people though like let's be clear let's be real clear um Okay, so I know this is like maybe for some like the filming part is the interesting part, but I guess I'm going to skip through that. After you finished and you wrapped, what then happened? Mm, we slept. <laughs> right. We Truth. literally just gave up for a week. Good. <laughs> Good. And once Good. that was uh, done, then we got on the post-production train. Um, I think one of the first things we did, we were looking for editors. Is that one yeah, yeah, editors? yeah. So we editors. started meeting with folks. And um, then we got the most amazing editor in the world, Kristen Sprague, who edited Judas and the Black Messiah, which was one of my favorite films of 2020. I believe it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. How that happened? So that happened through... Because everybody that we were meeting with, I just we just weren't happy with them. We were like, no, 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 no. And at that point, um, we learned the lesson of like, don't just go with the first person. Because I think when you're beginning, you feel like, oh, it's just that's it. Like making sure that you you really ask yourself what you want out of it is what we you learned. Have to interview people, you have to, because yeah, we we had run into so many issues with just hiring the first person and then it not working out. So we we really like took our time with looking for this person. So I reached out to my friend Mariama Diallo. Um, who's an amazing director. Her short was at Sundance um, and she recommended Kristen to us and we sent him 
our stuff. We sent him the script. We sent him everything we had, our pitch deck. And he was, he happily agreed to join the team and he did such a great job. And um, yeah, we had some sessions with him in New York and that was amazing. So yeah, we just, we started looking for all of our post people, musicians, composers. We went through a few Mm -hmm. um, and landed on Nomi Abadi, who Diana um, connected the film with if you want to talk about that yeah Nomi and I were she's also an amazing actress so we went to we had an acting class together and became friends and um so so yeah we we talked to her and we and and she was excited to jump on board and I think I think we were so needing like a creative moment and we got that with Nomi like yes because the way she works as a composer was very very much from an actor's mindset I think like um so that's where we got Nomi and, and, and yeah, the product. And she brought really cool instruments, right? Like um, stuff that I don't even know. Yeah, she has live drum, drums on it. Mm-hmm. Um, really really yeah. Watching the film with her and creating the score was definitely a highlight and a, and a change of gears from like mm-hmm. just the mania of shooting. and Yeah. I would imagine because you got to like sit with a fellow creative who like in real time got to do what they do. Which yeah. is something, you know, when you're in post, I would imagine it's a lot of like retroactively looking back and syncing things and putting things and cutting the things versus like, let's add the new layer of like collaboration and creation on top of the thing that's already been done. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was definitely a joy. And then we got a colorist. Um, Stephanie! Graphics, dropping graphics into the film, titles. I still remember that graphics moment. I think we were with Kristen and then... He was like, oh, we I want to do graphics. And both of us were like, oh, we have to do that too. Like we have to find the design. Like, you know, the things you just keep learning about as you're doing because you don't like and really- the money just keeps yeah. flying <laughs> out. Just flying out with each little step through post. Yeah. Did, did you have to do a second round of fundraising for the post production elements? Yeah, in a sense, I think we reached out to people again and they they donated and some people yeah, were repeat donors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we definitely put feelers out that we needed more money. Amazing. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And then once it's been I mean we're like now we're like zipping through. But like once the whole post-production situation happens, now y'all are in the circuit of the film circuit life, which is so exciting. Y'all they're winning awards left and right. It's incredible. Um Tell me about how you go about submitting these, how you choose the festivals that you're even interested in, or is it more just like, let's just see what happens and throw paint at a wall and then going through in that capacity? So, yeah, I think we had an idea of the festivals that we wanted to submit to. um, And then just looking through Film Freeway, which is the primary way that um, independent films submit to festivals, and just really getting a sense of like what festivals are out there and what they do and how they work and who goes Mm -hmm. is how we've been deciding. And then we also work with an amazing programmer, Kimberly Browning. Um, who gave us some guidance on the type of festivals that we should be aiming to go to based on our film and our experience. So yeah, so it's been great to have guidance on that because I think we were casting a wide net before, but I think we've really kind of like narrowed down the festivals Mm. that are right for us at this point. And how has it been emotionally having your film be received by people after 
I mean, for you, Aquila, from inception to now, again, math is not my thing, but 2017, what is time? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, five, five-ish years. Oh, wow. <laughs> How is it? It's an amazing feeling to, to just know that it's there and people are seeing it and yeah. enjoying it and that people are programming it and bringing it out. So I'm just, I'm just, every time it gets chosen for something, I'm literally over the moon. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And for you, Diana, being like brought on in this capacity in a way that you have not ever before in this like in-depth possible way, how has it been for you with this new hat? Oh yeah, um, good. It's been amazing. I've I've learned so much. I've I've really pushed beyond my limits. I think too, mm -hmm. and um, I think it's forced me to grow as a person as well. Um, and I really, I, I remember at one point I like told Akila, I was like, this feels really right. Like this, you know, this feels really right. Cause I love artists. I love working with artists. I love the creative, but I also like um, making things happen. And like, yeah. you know, um, so, so it feels like a, a good right fit. And um, I know it takes a lot out of me. So I, I uh, right now where I am in my life, I can't be doing a ton of it. So it feels like great that I had to have this experience and can like now we can focus on our next project. Mm -hmm. And um, she's highly coveted. I'm telling you, like everybody that we worked with tried to steal her from me. Oh, I'm I don't like, doubt it. Like so many people on our set were started pitching, like in the middle of our <laughs> set, I'm still on this movie, started pitching Diana, like, can you produce my film? Can you do this? Can you do I'm like, this is my partner and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we have a contract and we have a long-term relationship we're actually tied yeah. in, she's no, so amazing. in an llc she makes, she makes things happen and you're just so good at whatever you put your mind to mm -hmm. but as a producer like you just command respect and people see how dedicated you are and how you make things happen like you run a tight ship like and people people see that and people like want to align with her but i'm like that's my producing partner <laughs> <laughs> too funny. Well, this was the last time before we started to Jennifer. It's like we are very, very much a married couple right now. Yeah. Like we have to do our taxes together. I don't think you know that, yet, but we do. <laughs> we have to do our, you know, like we're like a married couple. So um, I appreciate those words that made me. Yeah. Well, for anybody listening who is, you know, in the process of writing their first piece or um or maybe not their first but writing their pieces or wanting to take their piece to the next step or find trying to find collaborators like the two of you have found in each other what would what would some advice be for any part of that process um or just generally from the things that you've experienced that you could impart to a listener who is in any version of their creation at this point i would say First of all, write the thing, get it out, get eyes on it and, you know, refine it. And when you feel like it's ready, set a date for every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Like after it's written, set a date to have a reading, set a, set a, set a date, set a date to have a reading, mm -hmm. set a date to meet with folks who you might want to collaborate on producing with. Yeah, that really like helped us because mm -hmm. we were just floating and fledgling until we made it real by giving ourselves that timeline to stick by and holding each other accountable. Mm -hmm. I think that was super important for us getting it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess it's like, 
you know, you're not going to know everything. So just let go of that, that idea that you're going to have to know every step of the way um, or that you might ask a question that might, you know, be basic for somebody else, like that it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to, um, to jump into the unknown. Um, and that, that like, you know, that being a multi-hyphenate is like an exciting experience and that you can, you can really pull from every part of your like learning like as an actress I feel like it makes me a better producer it makes me like you know understand how to to work to talk to actors on set mm -hmm. like and make sure people are, so everything is going to feed into itself so you do know a lot more than you think you do yeah yeah mm -hmm. and yeah like I would totally agree with that like and learning on the job is amazing like that's how you grow and that's I mean in your first project is never going to be your best like it's just a stepping stone and like we came into this knowing that it was going to be like our our first baby like our calling card but also we wanted to teach ourselves how to do this do this because we have so many other ideas so many things in the pipeline so just you know giving yourself the grace to just make the thing and knowing mm -hmm. that it's not going to be perfect mm -hmm. i love that so much and i guess my final question is how do people find the collaborators like you have found within each other like mm. if somebody is usually like a solo ship and they could stay a solo ship but if somebody is looking to find somebody to work with and create with what would you say are some of the things that you have found to be worth keeping your eyes peeled for mm. well i mean it it came to us because she, i mean the stories that she told were would just tell me in casual casually were inspiring to me mm -hmm. like i came to diana saying that we should make this part of her life a show because i enjoyed <laughs> listening to her talk about it so much so i just think always keeping your your ears open and your eyes peeled for people who inspire you like mm -hmm. when they talk it makes your brain start going i think mm. that that's a, a great way to gauge whether you want to work with somebody yeah mm -hmm. yeah and to that and to add to that it's like that inspires you and also like that you can be vulnerable in front of like i think i think that that's like the scariest part is the vulnerability like especially if you're writing your own story or if um you know it's your first time doing something it's like making sure that you feel held by that person um is a good good like a good signal that you're in the right spot and um that that way you can move forward with it um is there anything else y'all want to share besides the way in which people can support both of you individually but also this incredible film and beyond uh when is this going to come out <laughs> i was going to say there's a there's screenings happening right now for ifr tunnel shook ones yes. um so, so definitely come come watch it. These right now we're at the Toronto Black Film Festival. Um, so there and there's various ways to to see the film, and there will be more. So, so follow us at, at it's so the film, um, yes. or it's so film, right? At it's so film. Yes, follow us at it's so film. There will be more festivals, working on some in person screenings, and ultimately distribution by the fourth quarter. Like that's goal yes 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 and in case anybody wants to reach out with any other 
praise, questions, whatever, are there respectable and boundaryful ways that people can reach out and contact you? Yes, my DMs are open for sliding on this one. At AK the way with two Ys, I I happily read all of my DMs. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> but I might not respond. No, look, be, be clear boundary. about it. Yeah, boundary. But no, if it's a good question, yes. Slide in my DMs. Great. <laughs> yeah, you can also slide in mine too, um, at Diana Lauren GM. Um, yeah, it might take me a while to respond, but I eventually will. I love it. Um, and, and, I, and I hope to, if I can. Yeah. I mean, don't we all? Um, I love you both very much. And I'm so, so grateful that you've taken time to share this whole process with our listener. Um, you know, I feel like for so many, it's this weird abstract, like it just create, it happens. <laughs> and like the, the investment in and the curiosity around the actual in creation from start to finish and beyond is something that, you know, here at EAC, it's all about the process and really enjoying the process and being curious about the process and investigating the process um, because that's where art is done. And y'all have done that in this whole process. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that um, I know you both and that we also share, you know, a common ACT language or whatever, but thank you for being willing to share with a larger audience in addition to me. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. We love and appreciate you so much. And I'm so proud of you. And I miss you. I miss you. I need to get myself out to LA. Yes. I know. I need to come to the East Coast too. I have not been to New York. Yeah. I feel like if anybody's hopping on a plane, it's probably you. I feel like you're you're jet setting left and right a little bit. So like let I'm me know. I'm gonna be out here in the spring. Don't worry. Oh, great. So will I, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm obsessed. And Diana will have another little doggy play date. Yes, I would love that. I would love that so much. Oh my God. Lupita is like so cute with Walter. It's just. Oh my God, I bet. Yeah, they're a cute little pair. It's adorable. Lupita just kind of ignores Walter, but. Yes. And he's like, but but play with me. And she's like, no, no, I have a cool little fingernail and I'm just going to sit here. Like. (laughs) This is so fun. This is so refreshing to look back, you know, because we're like so in the grind sometimes. So thank you for giving us the space. Of course. My pleasure. And, you know, we're always here to amplify and share beautiful humans and the work that they're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Besitos. I don't know about you, but this episode inspires me to want to create my own short film. Hopefully the things that were shared in here will be helpful resources for you if this were something that you were hoping to create in your own artistic endeavors. As always, if you liked this episode or the podcast generally, please like, rate, review us. That's the most important thing. And share this with your friends so that you can come back and listen together. That's actually the most fun. If this was not up your alley, it's totally cool. Let it slide. You can find us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com, or you can always shoot us an email if you have any thoughts, questions, feelings that you want to share at EmpoweredArtistCollective at gmail.com. I'm so grateful that you keep coming back, and we're going to keep delivering for you every week. Until then.